doesn't take days off. He does not grow weary or tired. I'm so thankful for a God who is so much better than I could ever be. Hallelujah. Good morning. Amen. I've got a few announcements to make this morning. For this week, there is Ladies Bible Study Tuesday evening, February 7th, here at the church. Then there's also Youth Night on Friday, and, and I want to just make sure, parents, you realize it's Youth Night. There's video games, and it's for the youth. Don't try to come dressed up like a youth and say, hey, I'm a young kid, and I'm going to teach him the youth. No, it's a Youth Night. Um, don't, don't dress baggy jeans and everything else that you did when you were a youth and think you're going to get in. Um, we have a, a, a strict requirement where we ask for the kid's ID, and if they're between a certain age, we allow them in. And if you're over that age, thanks for dropping your child off. Amen? Pastor Nelson gave me a book this morning. It's called God's Plan for Your Life Today. And you've got nine copies, was it? Nine copies at the back. So if you'd like one, it is, it's all built on Scripture. It's not built on opinion. It's not built on opinion. It's built on the Scripture and the Word of God. And Pastor Nelson, um, he's got a new toy. And, and he's loving it. And uh, I believe you're probably going to be seeing more things coming from the treasure chest of what Pastor Nelson has studied and poured his life into. And this is just one of them. God's plan for your life today. He plans on making a few more copies. So if you want a copy, grab it um, after the service. It's out in the back. And if you don't know where it is, ask somebody and they'll find it. God's plan for you today. He made another book a couple weeks ago that he showed me, and it was uh, everything God has to say about infant baptism, and it was empty. Anyways, I believe the children have been excused already. There might be a few that are still going for Sunday school. Um, before we start, um, God gave me this great revelation. I was driving on the road, and I saw a sign. Anybody ever here see a sign on the road? I mean, it was an actual sign. But what does a nut say when it sneezes? Cashew! Anyways. Uh, that's a sympathy vote or clap or one of those golf claps, but I'll take anything I get. God is good. He is so good. He is so good. He doesn't give up on me. He keeps improving my humor. He keeps pouring into me. He keeps on keeping on when I feel like I can't keep on. He's so good. And I've fallen in love with him again 
And again, because the more I think about him, the more I realize he is so much better than me, and yet he comes down to me and he says, I'll be with you where you are so that I can take you where I am. He doesn't say, oh, you have to do this, 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 and then you'll lo I'll love you. He says, no, I love you where you are, in your pain, in your hurt, in your discomfort, in your addiction. He loves you where you are, but he says, I want to bring you to where I am. He's so good. He's so good. I want to share this morning on the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. If you can turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, I want to read this passage, about three or four verses. And then I want to share with you a few things. We're going to start in verse 15 of chapter 1. Imagine this is a letter written to you. So put your name in it as we read it. I'll try to put my name in it. And when you hear the name David, you can put your name there instead. For this reason, I too, having heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, David, and your love for all the saints... I don't cease giving thanks for you, David, while making mention of you, David, in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, David, a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart, David, may be enlightened so that you'll know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. And this morning I want to key off on the riches of the glory of the inheritance of his inheritance in the saints. Last Sunday, Pastor Daniel shared on, on having our eyes open that we would see or know the hope of his calling. Pastor Nelson shared a couple weeks ago about having our eyes enlightened. There's something that happens when God captivates our eyesight physically but also spiritually. We see things that maybe we couldn't see before. If I could be if I could stretch it a little bit to a word that maybe we understand, using our imagination. God's not against you using your imagination when you think about him. Because he says he does beyond, above and beyond what we ask or think or even can imagine. So if you could take one second, two seconds, say ten seconds right now, just close your eyes. And just imagine, have a picture, a scene in front of you of something. And you say, what do you mean something? Just something that God shows you that is better than you could ever do yourself. Just take a few seconds, close your eyes, and just have a picture of how good God is.
I don't have a TikTok, but that was 10 seconds. I was going to play the Jeopardy theme, but I didn't want anybody to stand up and ask me a question. God is always interested in improving your life. God is always interested in improving your life. He shared that with me yesterday. And then I started to think about it. And it's like, yeah, everything he does, he does and he makes it better. Even when he corrects me and disciplines me and is there and chastises me, it's so that I will be better. Even when he cuts things away, things that aren't bad, things that actually were producing, but he might come and he says, I'm going to take that, I'm going to cut that off because I want all of my energy to go to that thing that will even produce better and more. He's always interested in improving your life. And in Ephesians here, Pastor Daniel shared last week about it's the hope of his calling. And he shared, he says, it's not my calling. This is not my church. This is his church. This is his house. We are a house of God. It's his rules. And quite often, we get caught up in what I've done and who I am. And if we are not careful, we start to excuse God or eliminate him out of that conversation. Everything he does for you is so that you would bring glory to him says it's for the glory of him. So he'll do something. He might reveal something to you, and it's so that he gets the glory. It's not about me. I am a vessel. You are a vessel. Sometimes what's amazing is he uses the most unlikely vessel to accomplish the most likely or beautiful thing. And all of us that think, oh, I'm something, I'm something, it's like, well, who's he? Who's she? It's like he's just flowing. And in this passage, the improvement he wants to do is he wants our eyes of our understanding or the innermost being to be enlightened, to be aware, to have this moment of awareness of him. And what he wants us to do, Paul is writing this through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So this is not just only Paul's prayer for them, but this is also the prayer God has for you and I. It is penned by Paul. It has got the nuances of Paul or the nuances of how he speaks and how he talks, but it is the Holy Spirit flowing through him, and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to know what is the hope of your calling, and I want you to know what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The riches of the glory of his inheritance. 
couple things I want us to see is, first of all, it's his inheritance. In other words, you and I are actually worth something to God. <laughs> and he doesn't seem to have a problem putting his name on me. And he looks at me and he goes, David, when you get to the eternity, there's an inheritance. There's something that happens now, but there's also something that will happen in the future. What's amazing with the scriptures is you find out that it was past, it's present, and it's future. Because the scripture is not written based on time. The, the scripture is based on God and his thoughts and his opinion, his opinion and his view of you, and that is an eternal view. It doesn't change, it doesn't fade, it doesn't de decrease, it remains solid, consistent. In fact, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I bring glory to God now, but I also will bring glory to him when I get to heaven. There is an inheritance in his saints. His inheritance. I read that and it's like, I've always just thought it was all about me. Now, there is inheritance, and if you read the scriptures, you'll find out that there is an inheritance that we have. We are joint heirs. But everything that we have is because of him. <laughs> Newsflash. It's not because I could do this or that. or do. It's because of him. This whole passage in Ephesians 1, if you read it, highlight, I've done that. I've highlighted the word in him. It's like seven or eight times in the first 12, 13 verses, in him. And then if you look and you extend it and you say not only in him, but his purpose or his will or it, uh, through Christ Jesus, you find out it's like verse after verse after verse, all pointing back to Christ. What I'm doing right now is I'm calling our thoughts and our minds to shift and to change so that we would have a recognition of the importance and the value and the centrality of God in our life. Because if I make all the decisions, I eliminate God and I become the center. And I have found I am not very good at the being the center. And as I read this passage, I am drawn back to in him, through him, because of him, through Christ, God the Father. It's like verse after verse after verse. It's the glory of the, uh, the riches of the glory of his inheritance. His inheritance. Here's a few thoughts about it. He values you. He has a high opinion of you. He's got a high. He looks at you and he goes, you're worth it. He's got a high opinion of you. 
It says in Psalms 139 that you're wonderfully and fearfully and wonderfully made. He was involved, and if you read in Jeremiah, it says before Jeremiah, he says to Jeremiah, before you were in the womb, I was there and I was making, and I planned you and I called you. Before you had the ability to make a plan, he already had the plan for you. I see the little one here. The little one with such a beautiful black head of hair. And it's like, my goodness, she looks so old with that head of hair. She's not going to remember today. She is not able to make any plans. And yet God says, I've got a plan for you. She has no ability to add to it. And quite frankly, neither do you or I. And yet, he said, I've chosen her. I've chosen her. I've picked her. I've laid it out ahead of her life, things that I have for her. We are God's inheritance. We're sealed. And in verse 13 and 14, it says that we're sealed. It says um, in verse 11, we've obtained an inheritance having been predestinated according to his purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will. And then it continues on in verse 13. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of promise, who's given as a pledge of our inheritance. What I find amazing is when you make a pledge or a seal, it actually is even the picture of an engagement ring. What you're saying is, I am all in and I'm committed to you. And I'm here and I'm not going to leave you. I'm, I've chosen you and and. I want to be with you for the rest of my life. You don't get married because you want to shack up together. You get married because you can't live without them. And he says, I can't live without you. And he says, here it is. I'm going to have you in eternity, but I also want you to know I'm going to give you this promise, and it's the Holy Spirit that says, I'm with you always. And what's amazing is he gave everything of who he is now so that we could have everything of who he is then. He didn't say, I'm going to give you just a little bit. Everything you and I need, everything you and I need, he has given us, placed in us, is there for us. We're sealed. There's a security and a permanency. It's also a promise in Galatians 3.18 and and 3.29. It talks about the promise, and it's not based on the law. Because if it was based on the law, it would have a performance or an ability to match it. But he's saying, no, the covenant and the promise is not based on the law. It's based on who he is. an undertaking that word promise is an undertaking it's actually a legal term it's a calling or calling someone as a summons to appear his promise is a summons 
that is for you. He's not afraid to make that. Have you ever made a commitment to somebody and then they did something and you go, oh man, why did I agree with that? He made a promise when we were aliens. He was committed to us. I'm trying to show you this morning the wealth, the abundance, the fullness, the superfluous, I think I might have even said that right, superfluous opinion and thinking that God has about you. And what I just did there was I gave you a definition. The riches of the glory of his inheritance is the fullness, the abundance of his opinion, his reasoning, his thinking about you. He is so good. His inheritance for us is a eternal. It's for the future. It says in John 3.16. Does anybody here know John 3.16? Well, there's four of you. It says that whoever would believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And then if you go to John 17, 3, Jesus is talking and he says, this is eternal life that they may know you and Jesus Christ whom you sent. There's an aspect of eternal life that is for the future, but there's also an aspect of eternal life that is for now. It says in Psalms that he has placed eternity in our hearts. He's made us eternal beings. So there's a future inheritance that we have in him, but that inheritance also is something that he can enjoy now. There's an, there's an aspect of enjoying God's presence now. God wants you to experience his pleasure over you. I've said this before and I'll say it again. This should be the happiest place on earth. Not Disneyland. Spend the money here. Don't spend it in Disneyland. I have nothing against Disneyland. I enjoy it. I go there and it is a great place. And you know what? It's built on giving people pleasurable experiences. It's built for people to enjoy. And heaven and God he has designed us and put in us something that is joyful. He had joy above his brethren. I can only imagine some of the laughter that he, he must have endured and done. Can you imagine the laughter he has? He says, ah, I'm going to mess with the boys today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause five loaves of bread two fish and I'm going to feed like thousands and they're not even going to realize it but I'm just going to keep giving it I'm going to mess with them and they're just going to go and feed and they're going to come back and whew, their mind's going to be blown he says oh it's going to be so much fun and then he, he goes another time and he says 
I'm going to mess with them. I'm going to have fun with them. I'm going to raise somebody from the dead who's been dead for three days. He wasn't even in a hurry to go there to raise Lazarus. He says, no, I'm coming. And he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He's so good. He's so good. What are some of the, the riches of the glory of his inheritance? I think of the phrase, I've heard it many times, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure I like it. I like a different phrase, but there's a phrase, you know, if you were the only one on earth, God would have died, you know, he'd send his son to die for you. Anybody? I like it, the fact that I'm one in eight billion and he searched for me. <laughs> I've never won a lottery, but I've won the lottery. I'm one in eight billion. Try finding me among the billions of people. And he goes, oh, no problem. I was worth it to him. So I got written down here a full page of notes, and I'm going to go through them right after each other here. This, I want, and, and you can close your eyes. I want to read these over you. I'm, trying, I'm going to try not to explain them all. I've got this listed. If you want, I'll give it to you. You can search the scriptures, and you can see how many of them are actually found in the scriptures and how many of them I made up. Close your eyes. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in you. He went after me when I was completely lost. He put inside of me eternity. He placed inside of me that which calls out to him like the deep calls to the deep. He drew me when I was against him. He approached me when I was unapproachable. He loved me when I was unlovable. He offered me reconciliation when I was fighting against him. He offered peace when I was at war. I might say that I chose him, but actually, he chose me. His goodness is coming after me. He accepts me the way I am. He loves me enough to correct me. He met me where I was so that he could bring me to where he is. He placed inside of me, regardless of my choice, gifts and talents, who I am before I was. He went after me and he left the others to find me. He released me and then he stood at the road watching and waiting for me to come home. He provided me when I was wasting what he gave me. He is strong when I'm weak. He is wise when I'm foolish. He directs when I plan. He goes before me. He goes behind me. He goes beside me. He goes above me. He goes below me. He goes inside me. He empowers me. 
He protects me. He steals my heart. Steals and steals. He breathes life into my soul. He valued me when I was of no value. He placed in me everything I would need to live this life without any reservation or hesitation. When I get to the end of myself, he's there. When I cannot move, he moves. He sits with me. He stands with me. He walks with me. He talks with me. He gives me beauty for my ashes. Gives me the oil of joy for mourning. He paid a price that I was not worth. He actually overpaid because he paid perfection for something that was imperfect. He paid the flawless one for someone that was flawed. He gave his best when I could never meet that requirement. He looks at me as one in eight billion and he says, before you were even born, I was there. That is the glory of the riches. That's the opinion, the weight, and the value of me (laughs) to my Savior. This morning, my prayer for you is that your eyes of your innermost being, your eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart, my prayer is that you would get a fresh picture of the riches of the glory of his inheritance in you. And all those things I read are things and an inheritance that we have now, but they're also an inheritance that we have in the future. I am so thankful, so thankful for a God that loves me, cares for me, and saw value in me when I didn't even know what value was. Amen? Hmm. I hope so. He did all that when I had nothing. And he did it joyfully for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. 
I fall in love with my Savior. Because his love is so much better than any arrangement, any love, anything that I could produce. And I fall short, and he still comes. I make a mistake. He doesn't stop. I might have anger. He doesn't say, see you tomorrow. I might be confused. He says, I'm here. I might have need. And he says, come. He is so good. And this morning, my prayer is that the eyes of your understanding would get a glimpse a flash of how good he is and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in you. Amen. Hallelujah. I'd like to pray a prayer benediction and then Pastor Nelson had mentioned to me that he had a word for someone. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to pray for you and then have you stand and then if you could sit and then Pastor Nelson was going to just share a, a word that God gave him this morning. Could you stand? And when Pastor Nelson actually gives the word today, one of the aspects of prophetic ministry is it may be for an individual, <laughs> but if you identify with any of it, you can grab it. It may be individualistic in nature or in delivery, but it's also inclusive because it's God's word. So just raise your hands in a posture to be open to our Savior. And I want to speak words that will fall like the rain on you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Enjoy it. Breathe it in. Literally, breathe it in. Take a deep breath. Breathe in his peace. Breathe in his grace. Breathe in his acceptance. Breathe in his power, his might. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. I 
God does something funny with me. In these moments of great seriousness, he tells me something funny and I almost start to laugh. He's so good. Amen? Pastor Nelson, you had a word?